Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. I want to, I mention this all the time in all of my intros, but I was appointed to this position in 2020, March of 2020 to be exact, the day I say the world shut down, making myself the first Black female in the organization's history to hold a position. I could fill this whole episode with my experiences as a woman in leadership, and that wouldn't even include the challenges of being a person of color in leadership. Women in the workplace face a plethora of challenges like bias, both conscious and unconscious, limited career advancement opportunities, and sometimes undue expectations, and they get cranked up to 11 as you climb the ladder into leadership positions. But throughout my life, I've had the pleasure of speaking with a wide range of women from different careers and ethnic backgrounds, and the amount of genuine love and support we express to each other is so encouraging. So today, the guest that I have for my listeners is Chantelle Jewell, also the first Black female superintendent of the Milwaukee County Community Reintegration Center, formerly known as the House of Corrections. She served in various positions with the Wisconsin Department of Corrections, including roles as youth counselor, parole agent, and field supervisor. And I want to emphasize that before serving as deputy administrator for Milwaukee County's Division of Youth and Family Services, Chantel was a reentry service manager here at Employ Milwaukee. So it's not like she's family. She is family. Because not only that, Chantel and I go way back. We both came through agent basic training, working for the Department of Corrections together. That was when I first got the opportunity to be introduced to Ms. Chantel Jewell. So welcome to the show, Chantel. I am delighted that you can join us today. Good morning, Shaitania. Thank you for having me. And Not yeah, a- I think I served in that inaugural role as the <laughs> registry manager at Employee Milwaukee. You did. You did. So I have a series of questions I'm going to ask, and I know we're going to have good conversation today. So I'll just lead into my first question. So people belonging to marginalized groups experience different types of stereotyping that unfairly sways the perception of their competence and leadership qualities. And I know you and I personally have had many conversations about this, but can you speak to my listeners on how you personally deal with some of the challenges of being a woman of color and leadership? Yeah, you you spoke about it a little bit. I was actually appointed to my role as superintendent November of 2020, big year for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming over here, being the first African-American woman, first woman to serve in this role, which is typically a male-dominated role. So three things not typical about this role. And so one thing that I've experienced is a continual having my qualifications question on whether or not I'm qualified for this role and not this role, other roles, and just having to deal with that throughout my career. And one of the ways that I've been able to manage that or navigate through that or one thing that I always do is share my credentials in various ways, various platforms, talking to the staff through meetings, newsletters, roll calls, sharing a vision, making it plain, letting them know who I am, being very transparent about my education, training, background, credentials, what makes me uniquely qualified. And I will say it's frustrating to have to do that, but it's also necessary and important. 
so that we can just get that out the way and just get to our business of getting to work. And then some other things, just having just very unrealistic expectations. So now, now I'm here, fixed everything now. Oh, trust me. I understand. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's, and so again, just having those very hard conversations, I'll listen and I'll validate concerns. But I'll be very transparent about what I can and cannot do <laughs> and just be honest about what can happen and what what's going to happen and what's needed to make the changes. And then at the end of the day, just being challenged in ways that my predecessors are not challenged, have not been challenged mm-hmm. and having those crucial conversations about and setting real clear expectations about relationships, how we're going to navigate what the expectations are. Third thing is just having crucial conversations when it's necessary. Those real honest, transparent conversations about how we're going to conduct ourselves and the types of relationships that we're going to have throughout the organizations are sometimes necessary just to set the platform of what's going to happen and what the expectations of my leaders are in the workplace. You brought up some really key things when you mentioned one being challenged about your credentials experience and what you bring to the table. But then at the same time, there's an expectation of you to be super in relation to the folks that were before you. And and all too often, not just women of color, but women in general are put in those situations. I've heard many women say that as my predecessors didn't take it on, but all of a sudden I'm supposed to work magic and at the same time fight being challenged at decisions that I make, being challenged at the approach you take, just those various things, which leads me to how do you oftentimes cope with that? So one of the key things that we try and make sure we have in our programs, but then as individuals, as leaders, thinking about mentorship and the importance of that. Can you talk about a person or persons who's played a tremendous role in helping you both personally and professionally with mentorship, or it has impacted you as a leader as you've navigated some of these uncharted territories? And I want to go back. I want to, because I want to make sure also as, as we're going through these challenges, it's easy to get distracted. And to lose focus on the work. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that we don't get distracted by the negativity and to stay focused on the work. And that's one thing that I try very, very hard to do is to stay grounded and to stay focused on the work. And, And so the work will ultimately speak for itself. And so I was always taught that cream rises to the top. And so I just give myself a constant, I constantly remind myself of that. And one of the people that I have been awestruck and inspired by is Belle Phillips. Mm -hmm. Um, Just the work that she's done, the glass ceilings that she's broken. I am, I am driven. She is inspiring to me. And so if I can do half or be half of what she has been to this community, then I've done my work. She's been the first, she was the first of many, first female graduate from the UW Madison Law School, first Secretary of State of Wisconsin, 
first circuit court judge of Milwaukee County, first woman, older person elected to the Common Council, advocated for equal housing. She was just meant so much to this community as a woman of color. And so I've always been inspired by her work. And, and so that is someone who I've admired, who I've carried along, who I've tried to emulate in my com- career. Okay. And shifting gears a little bit, because you and I can go on and on and on around this leadership challenge that oftentimes women and especially women of color face. But just thinking about the work that you currently do, as mentioned earlier, you were our inaugural reentry manager here at Employ Milwaukee. So you have a very good understanding of folks coming out of corrections and having done the work here, the importance of the employment connection as we think about recidivating and all of those pieces and how they go hand in hand. Can you share with our listeners just your thoughts on the work that you're doing at the CRC, the Community Reintegration Center, work that you did here at Employ Milwaukee and how important workforce development is as we talk about making change and impact in the lives of folks coming out of incarceration? Work. Workforce development is critical to the success of individuals reintegrating into the community. My work at Employment Milwaukee was invaluable to my career pathway. What it did was gave me an opportunity to look at corrections through a different lens. I was able to look at it internally and gained a lot of insight and experience working with a correctional client internally. But through my work at Employment Milwaukee, I was able to do a systems integration with workforce and corrections. And so really getting to look at corrections from the outside, really getting to an opportunity to work to try to integrate these two systems that historically operated on parallel tracks, And we know how critical Mm -hmm. workforce is to the success of individuals reintegrating. So why we hadn't done this earlier, I don't know, (laughs) but we're here now. (laughs) And, and, And it was through that work that I gained such valuable insight on how to move forward. And even moving forward as a superintendent, you talk about just the work on helping to get the the programming here at the now CRC, which was the House of Correction in, mm-hmm. getting that up and running and, and continuing that work, just invaluable. Um, the relationships that I gained, was able to build and continue to leverage has been very helpful. One of the biggest things I learned, I knew a lot about correctional clients, the work with collect- correctional clients coming from the Wisconsin Department of Corrections. However, what I gained from Employee Milwaukee was the programming piece, how to access and leverage programming and resources for the individuals that are in our care that I was able to bring to the CRC. And, and that's huge. And so for me, that's what rounded out my leadership and makes me a more effective leader as the superintendent of the Community Reintegration Center. Yeah, and I'm going to skip the question that we originally had and just ask about the CRC. So our listeners know what type of programming 
are you guys bringing to or have brought to the CRC, just so our listeners know just the shift and the change in how the CRC will be delivering services to individuals? So all the programming that we have, we want to make sure that it's evidence-based programming, which means that it impacts recidivism or repeat criminal behavior, because our whole goal is to make sure that individuals don't re-enter the system. Our overall mission mission is to help individuals successfully reintegrate. So we're addressing whatever needs brought them into contact with the carceral system. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that uh, we're meeting whatever educational deficits they have. And so we have partnerships with MATC, Milwaukee Area Technical College. We have partnerships with Marquette University, Franklin School District. We also have partnerships with Employ Milwaukee to offer vocational skills where individuals can gain industry-recognized credentials. They are also working with our individuals who have work release where individuals are leaving here with employment or they're leaving here with with a, a, a job skill or credential. And our workforce specialists also meeting them on the other side to continue to work with them in the community. We have alcohol and drug abuse treatment. We have our medicated assisted treatment here within the facility. That's to address individuals who have an opioid addiction. We're very concerned about the prevalence of overdose upon release. And so we're making sure that we're working with those individuals. We have trauma-informed care here. We have financial wellness That's facilitated by Chase Bank because we know that a lot of crimes are motivated by money. So what if we teach people how to access financial resources differently? And so we're trying to get individuals prepared for release. And not only that, we are intentional about creating partnerships with our community, community stakeholders, so that there's a smooth transition Upon release, we have partnerships with, we have a day reporting center. We just have a myriad. We have our gender responsive treatment for our female residents. There, I know I'm going to miss some, but we have a lot of resources. So we're trying to meet Mm -hmm. people right where they are to address those needs. We, for the first time ever, we, we are hiring a, we are hiring a family resource outreach specialist. We want to make sure that there is a family connection here as we're creating a reentry plans. We want to have a loved one connected to that reentry plan. And so we're doing some things differently here. And there should be a noticeable difference to the what was the House of Correction, the then House of Correction, and the now Community Reintegration Center. And I appreciate and I wanted to get our listeners to hear that because I think sometimes people just think of it as the same old thing. And I know just from personally dealing with the CRC, with some of the work and things that we're doing, that you guys have a completely different vision for the CRC. And I just wanted the listeners to be able to get a feel for that. And you're right. You scratched the surface, but there's so much more. And I just know you being an innovative and creative person, you're still thinking about what can we do to continue to assist individuals who are here and being released back into the community? 
So as I round out, Titania, I have to I have to mention our family center. Oh, that's that's my that's my baby. We have also opened up a family center. Oh, here. yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have dedicated space right now. We don't have any in-person visitation, but we were able to repurpose some space in the interior of our facility for contact visit for the non-incarcerated parent and child to visit with the incarcerated parent to rebuild some of those broken bonds. And when you look at evidence-based practice, evidence-based, evidence-based principles, it tells us that one, children of incarcerated parents themselves are more likely to engage the criminal justice system. And two, family distress is a driver of recidivism. And so we wanted to we wanted to address that. And so we have a family center, a family engagement center. And so there are supports for the non-incarcerated parent and the child through a community-based organization. And then we have programming inside of the CRC for an incarcerated parent, and we'll bring them together for visits and to try to help address some of those broken bonds during the incarceration period. And so one of my focus, heavy area of concentration will be family for me during my tenure. And you'll see. I knew there was quite a few things that you guys are working on. And you're right. That's one of your babies. And so thanks for putting that out there so our listeners can hear that. It's, it's all comprehensive and, and wraparound services to address not just the incarcerated person, but also the families of the incarcerated individual. And Chantel, I want to thank you for coming on to Workforce Insights with Employment Walkie today and sharing your thoughts and your insights. It's always one of the questions I love to leave my listeners with with each of the individuals that come on as guests is is to ask them about what do you want your legacy to be? And I know you personally and professionally, but to our listeners, what do you want your legacy to be for folks to remember Miss Chantel Jewell or Mrs. Chantel Jewell? Yes. I want to be a change maker. I don't want my labor to be in vain. I like to see real systemic and institutional change in the criminal justice system as a result of my work, uh, as a result of the work that I'm doing. Thank you for that. And again, thank you for coming on to the show. Is it one thing that you'd like to leave our listeners with about the CRC or just young women, women in general? Is there anything that you want to leave them with before we close out today? The advice that I'd like to leave our listeners with, especially our young women of color and leadership, is that it is okay to be you and to have your own voice. That is what makes you uniquely you and you bring value to the table. Thank you. Thank you, Chantel, for your insights. When you find that it's okay to be you, then everything about purpose and and vision, it all becomes clear. So thank you for letting our listeners know that. And thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. 
Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all. 